Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. What's going on? All right, all right. It's your man, Chad Smith here. Here, and you are on the Life, Love, and Hustle podcast. And today I'm joined by my man, Kaleem Sharif Johnson. That's right. I got his whole federal name. <laughs> <laughs> this man is uh, a powerhouse, a community investor, community uh, advocate. Um, he is, uh, he's an entertainment manager. He, he, he does all the things. And one thing that always impressed me about what he does um, is that the level that he does it and with the speed of execution in which it's, it's, it's done. And um, he's a very unique individual, uh, but he's all those things, but I also consider him uh, one of my, one of my good friends. So welcome to the show, brother Kaleem. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem, brother. So what's going on out there in these streets? Uh, I don't know. I don't be in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be, I'll be. Bro, all I know is we're gonna be we're gonna be whipping out that Jeep this weekend, right? Yeah, it's supposed to rain. That's what I was, that's what I was hoping, hoping not. Uh, but it's supposed to rain later in the day, so I don't know. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can keep track of it. It was supposed to be nice. All these other days, I was saying it was gonna be nice, and then Saturday. <laughs> but it's supposed to be a rain a sun. What they call it? Sun or shine? What they call it? Rain, sleet, whatever. Rain, sun, yeah. or shine, or whatever. Yeah. Rain or shine. Yeah, it's supposed to be either or because they have like a closure area for us as well so it's looking like i'm still gonna go but we'll see listen folks this dude got this got this brand new hot jeep and he immediately put about a hundred grand (laughs) and accessories on it immediately like like the next day lies like like (laughs) like i need to see the amount but it's far less than that (laughs) You couldn't wait. Well, listen, I wanted to bring you on and talk to you because I know um, it's been a long time since I got an update uh, on everything that you're doing because you, you, you're doing a, a lot of things. You're 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 uh, you're investing in real estate in Western Maryland. Uh, you're investing in the community, putting up events like uh, the Black Economic Empowerment Summit. Um, you're putting up concerts like you did with Life Jennings. So you're doing a lot of things, man. And so. No, tell everybody. Like, introduce yourself. Like, if people don't know who you are, tell them. Tell them about Colleen Johnson. Oh man, it's just it's simple. I'm 44 years old, father, husband. Um, what do you call it? Um, a dreamer, thinker, um, hard worker. I uh, just want the best for myself and the best for my family. Um, that's just pretty much it. I want not, not just that, but I want the best for people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the way I look at everything. I look at it with that kind of lens on. So when I work on stuff, I'm always thinking about the outcomes for people around me. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I grew up in South Philadelphia and West Philadelphia, then lived about 60 places since then. Um, mm. No, but I think we, yeah, we Delaware, New Jersey, Ohio, um, geez, yeah, um, 
out here, obviously, uh, stuff like that. So, no, I've been been around at the tri-state a little bit and just, you know, wanting to uh, do some things uh, that impact the world before I leave uh, in my way. You know, I can't really do it anybody else's way. And I think everybody needs to understand that you want to make sure that you impact the world in your way. Like, whatever that is, if you're going to be the best sunflower seed company in the world, then be the best sunflower <laughs> seed company in the world. <laughs> or be the second best. You impact the world in the way that you can. So I look at everything from impact. I look at everything from a how does it make other people feel. Like, that's the way that I, I try to get things done. Well, I've had the I've had the pleasure to assist you on, on a few of the ventures that you've um, executed. And uh, one thing that always impressed me was it just seems like you just seem to you seem to attract support on a high level. Like whatever, whatever you put your hands on, it just seems to attract like people that they just want to get on board, man. Like, 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 you know, what do you suppose, what do you suppose that is? Cause I don't, <laughs> cause I don't look at it as support. Um, I look at it as customers, right? I believe everything that we have, everything that we want to do in this life there's an audience for it. Now it's on, it's on us to find that audience. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, to me, it's not a popularity thing. Some people are able to do something, snap their fingers. And because it's them, everybody's going to be there, right? Like Jay-Z has his rock, rock nation brunch. And because it's Jay, everybody wants to be there. Some people mad that they can't be there. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. But in this environment, like, I didn't want my events to look like a family reunion. I wanted to look. I wanted it to feel like everybody was new. I wanted to see some strangers, and the only way you do that is you have to target the right audience. You know, if you're saying that you're having a grown and sexy event, then who's that audience? You know, it's 35 and older. You know, a certain income level, a certain uh, uh, profession, maybe whatever it is, whatever it may be, is is the audience. And then is how do you reach that audience? And then how do you speak to that audience? Now, from a help standpoint, yeah, people help and they want to be supportive. So I think it makes people feel good to be a part of something as well, right? So that's still me seeking out people that want to feel good about being involved in something, right? But from the audience side, it, it's, it to me, it, it, like, first of all, if you have a bad event, it's not the end of the world, but it may be the end of the road for some people coming back. You feel me? So yeah. you got to stay consistent in that way. But then you also have to realize that these are customers and you got to attract this audience. You have to reach out to that audience. So I just think it's that, you know what I mean? You do see some of the same faces, but like I said, if you have a bad, if they have bad experiences, you're going to stop seeing those faces. And that's just the way it is. So, Coming up in Philadelphia, so when you when you were coming up in Philadelphia, because this kind of uh, work ethic and this kind of uh, knowledge on marketing probably didn't just happen <laughs> while you're here in Western Maryland. Like, you know, how did it all begin for you? Like, how did you get that seed of entrepreneurship planted in you? Uh, that was my my uncle father. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got a cousin. We pretty much brothers. Rata, his father stepped up when my father wasn't there. 
uh, he was always into business. And when I was like eight or nine, he would pick me up. And when he took me back home, he was making me listen to like Zig Ziglar. You know what I'm saying? He was, he had me listen. He had me yeah. listening to Napoleon Hill. And I remember, and I remember mm-hmm. in car, I remember cars pulling up behind us. And he's like, you want to go around the block or you want to get out? I'm like, man, go around the block. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was, listen, I had my first gun pulled on me when I was real young. Like I was crossing the street from the corner store and these dudes put up in the car playing around, get ready to die, young boy. And I dropped my soda, drop, wow. I, I dropped my sodas, I dropped my chip, I dropped everything and they pulled off laughing. So that's the kind of environment. And like, I don't think people, your, your, your drive starts with, I want to get the hell out of here. You see what I'm saying? Like your yeah. drive starts with that. Saw my first murder at 12 years old. So my mm. uncle, he was living in an apartment. It was in a nice area with my aunt Maisha and Ra. And he said, hey, look, man, we about to buy this house. If we get it, I'm moving you in with us. You feel me? So I was just I was just a, a person. I was lucky in that moment, even though when I got there, I dropped the ball because me and Ra wanted to mess up at school and all that kind of stuff. But it showed me a whole nother side of the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was to me. It was the hood, violence, you know, losing. I lost a, uh, one of my uh, best free female friends, uh, Shakima. She was uh, 13 years old. They, somebody killed her. And, wow, 13. Yeah, yeah. She was selling, like, weed and stuff, and they raped her. They killed her, all that stuff. And like she was so cool, man. She's like a tomboy and all that. And my uncle was just like, I'm going to show you something different. You feel me? And it was that, that really, I watched him start a computer company and stuff like that, you know? And um, then I just, I did an internship at Coca-Cola in special events and marketing. And, but I had my first daughter, so I had to go get her. I wanted to get a real job. So I went and got my CDL and started driving trucks for them and, delivering sodas and all that but being around that as well you see what i'm saying it was like it was a whole it was a yeah. whole bunch of things that was uh lending to what would eventually be my knack for being able to market and sell stuff but it all started with the drive of the uh, uh pain like pain was the ultimate driver and then i had somebody that cared about me that was showing me stuff and letting me listen to stuff. And it made my mind just go crazy. My imagination just went crazy. Like, like you know, sales and marketing, it's imagination, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah sure. so I had to start imagining me being in a different neighborhood. Matter of fact, I remember being, mm. I remember being on the step with this girl named Khadijah. The Lexus coupe was like just coming out. And I was like, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get out this block. And I'm going to get me a Lexus coupe. And she said, you know what? I believe you, yo. And I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. was, that was. I'm telling you, man, like, I, I you know, my uncle, he passed in October. But I, 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 I give him the credit all the time because he taught me how to use my imagination, man. You, that's one thing that I can say is crucial because you and I both have spoken to a lot of um, a lot of young boys out there in the world. And the one thing that a lot of them need is they need somebody to tell them that they can do what they want to yeah. do. 
because they got people telling them all day what they can't do and not many people that are planting that seed of, of belief into them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you need, everybody needs somebody that cares about your future, you know? And I love, I love God, you know what I'm saying? But I, I grew up in a situation where it was a church on the corner of the block full, full of a whole bunch of poor people, not really making any moves, not really making anything happen, but they would tell me that God was good. And I would be looking at that. I'm just being real. I would, I would be looking at their lifestyle. Like what? You feel me? <laughs> good to who? Good to who? <laughs> you know, and they would be singing that song. I don't need no money. I don't need no car. And I'm like, y'all fucking. Now I get it. You got to go through some life experience to understand that you need that peace of God, which is the ultimate. You know what I mean? But in those moments, man, you like, no, man, I ain't trying to live like this. You know what I'm saying? And I think yeah. your pain can really force you to use your imagination and your imagination to take you to a whole nother world. And then possibly if you put the work in, you'll take yourself to that exact freaking place that you always imagined. Yeah. That's also key is being able to see yourself somewhere else. A lot of kids are all, all the, the only further they can see themselves is those, 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 those same four blocks. And that's all yep. they see. I think that's also why it's important that, you know, like what happened to you and what happened to me also is that you get people in your life who can take you outside those four blocks, you know, take you to go see uh, what a, uh, what a farm looks like, <laughs> you know, take you to go see uh, what a, what a, what, what, like the inside of, of a real house, you know, what it looks like to have a backyard, you know, what it looks like to go see things and, and do things. So, you know, you're a father now, you know, and, and you got two really beautiful kids. So how do you, how do you, um, how do you pass the baton that was passed to you uh, from your uncle. How are you using what he taught you to, to teach them? You know, I got, I have three daughters from my previous marriage and um, I literally was talking to my 18 year old this morning and I text her that I, I loved her and that she was excellent and that I, I want, you know, I'm, I'm serious about helping her because I want her to shine her light. She won prom queen last week and I want her to take that same energy because she's, you know, having a little bubble of confusion right now. And she responded back, I love you a lot. And I was like, that's dope. Cause she wrote a paper a couple of years ago about, um, you know, me being her best friend because I'm always encouraging. I'm always motivating her. So I got an older daughter that's 23. Now she's going after her music career. And I'm not the person that's going to tell you don't do anything. At the moment you say you want to do it and you feel like God didn't put it on your heart. I'm like, go for it. That's how I, am. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, we, I don't yeah. even go to that. You sure about that? I don't know if you should do that. I don't go nowhere near those words because more than the negativity out in the street, you got to deal with the negativity in your own mind. Right. So now, so now yeah. your kid is having doubts and here come dad or here come mom to reinforce the doubt. I ain't reinforcing no doubt. You see what I'm saying? So with all my yeah. kids, man, like I, I was thinking about, it. I said, man, if I, uh, God willing, you know, I have a long life, but if something was to happen, I can, they can say, oh, my dad wrote three books or my dad, uh, did this event or my dad, like that's dope to me now. Cause there's a, there's a point in my life where my kids was going to have to lie about me. Cause you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, 
<laughs> Yo, he was a great man, and everybody like word like. Where he was when? And, and, but <laughs> and they can lie all they want to, but I, you know, I knew, you know, I knew, and so, and I had done stuff, you know, what I mean, but I still wanted to, you know, I wanted to still make my mom proud and all those things. So when it comes to my kids, especially I, I have a son who's my first son and my youngest child, you know, I just sit with him, and I and I and I don't know if you ever seen a movie to help. But she be telling that little girl, you smart, you special, you intelligent. You know yes. what I mean? I do that with my son. And I be like, say I'm black. He be like, I'm black. I say I'm powerful. I'm powerful. Say I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Like we do this at nighttime. You know what I mean? And because he's like the only, he's the only black kid in this class. You, you feel mm. me? And he be getting all, yeah. we be getting all kind of calls about he did this or he was doing that. And I'm, Sometimes I wonder if he's just acting out because he don't see himself. You feel I me? Mean? So mm. I got to yeah, reinforce yeah. with him, you a bad boy, homie, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So go go for yeah. it. Go for it. Homie. So I'm, that's the, what I do with my kids, man. I don't, I don't even go, I don't touch doubt at all. I'm, no, I'm not doing that at all. I like that. Because if you think about it, just think about it as adults, how hard it is for us to verbalize our dreams to our peers. How crazy hard must it be for your kids to actually, to actually come to you and say, Hey, listen, this is what I want to do. This is my dream. You know, just for them to get the, to get the guts to even verbalize it to you, you know, they want your approval. And then if you, if you cast doubt on it or you tell them it's a dumb idea, you know, they may never try anything. Yeah, or again. talk to you ever again about anything. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> like, cause, because guess what? Somebody <laughs> gonna come along that's gonna reinforce positivity, and they gonna think, and they, and you are gonna be the, the what they call that, the the anti that whatever it is, because you know <laughs> they're gonna avoid. You yeah, like the course. movie Antoine Fisher, that let you know the mom when he come back. Oh, she called him N word. Yeah, mm. all that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he had he had Denzel yeah. character pumping that positivity into him. You see what I'm saying? So. Yeah. You need, listen, you go, you're going to find you're going to find either or in this lifetime. But I just don't think as parents, like we know this world is crazy. But you're going to tell your kid, uh, "Yo, I know you want to do that, but this world is tough." All right, but your kid is also sitting on the internet, is sitting on YouTube, and they seeing kids and they seeing other people having beautiful lives. So you telling them how tough it is, and they seeing beautiful lives. So now do they feel like they're not as special as those folks because the world is so tough? You know what I'm mm. saying? Like nobody, we yeah. we know it's not easy, but so what? You know what I mean? So so what? Well, yeah. The Bible the the Bible talks about dressing yourself in the armor daily. You know, and if you're, I and I also consider a part of that is how you talk to yourself and how and how you also talk to your kids because you can send them out the door feeling. A hundred, fully ready for the day, armored up. They got their sword in their hand, or you can send them out into the world, you know, just feeling worthless, and 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 they're gonna get taken advantage True. of. Same thing, you you and you, like you do your own self talk. You know, you can talk yourself up and have yourself walking out the door, you know, ready to kick ass, or you can talk yourself down and just be out there and be a man. Listen, KJ had an issue at school one day a couple of weeks ago, and I was like. The teacher texted me and all that. So I called. I said, I knew that was going to happen because he had a rough go this morning. I mean, he got in trouble. His mom did all the yelling and stuff. 
you know, that I got to deal with. I get blamed for it. I'm not, I'm not blaming you, but these kids got to go out into the world feeling good. You know what I'm saying? Or, or yeah. we going to be getting these calls all the time. You see what I'm saying? It's just like you, it's just like adults. Mm-hmm. You have an argument with your wife or your girl or whoever, and then you go outside and try to deal with people. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Go try to have a go yeah, try to have a meeting. Like, what's wrong with you, bro? Like, <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing. You know, or or you know, you you go cope with that, right? I'm getting out of here. So for me, like you talked about my Jeep earlier, man, they get warm out. I didn't pop the top back and just taking the road drive on the back roads. You see what I'm saying? Just to mm-hmm. just to deal with stuff. Sometimes I don't drink or nothing like that anymore. So it's just like pop that thing back. That's my this is my time. You know what I'm saying? The the, the you, you said the things yeah. about the, the the work on it, man. I come outside and just add a new thing or do that, and that's that's my that's my peace time. So, as an adult, mm. when we have negative issues, well, we we have a chance to run to something, but the kids are under our thumbs. You see what I'm saying? So you got to make sure yeah. you send your child off in the right space, man. And especially, listen, man, these kids, these teenagers, they doing so much. In regards to like suicide and all that stuff, man, like we got to make sure that we are the the light in their lives at all times. And, like we got to still be parents, you know, but at the same time, we got to find, we have to know what's going on. Listen, man, you listen to this music, you see this boy, John Morant, listening to NBA Young Boy and holding a gun again in the car. It's like, yeah, Two, $200 million, yeah, man. But the music, <laughs> You know, real quick, I was watching that Whitney Houston movie, right? And Whitney Houston told Clive Davis back, she said, she said, oh my God, I don't want to do another love song. And he said, well, you find me a, uh, you find me a song that's not a love song. And she said, right. Like, that's how much love music was out back then. You know? And then different yeah. things came along and we didn't even realize that it was pumping negativity into our life. We didn't even realize it because it just sound it was so hard and it was, you know, it was rhythmic and it, you know, gangster, gangster, all that. We didn't even realize what it was doing to a lot of our minds. So not to go down that road like that, but that's what you're up against. You are a parent and you're trying to say, you know, Tommy, you got to do this. Tommy, you got to do that. And he put on Lil Dirk and it's a rap. You know, it's a rap. Yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. yeah. Sheesh. So talking about that, so let's stay on that subject for a minute. So there was a there was a question I was reading online today about is is the music today we're talking about what's actually influencing young people? Is music more influential today or do you feel like it's about the same? It's one hundred percent more influential. Remember you didn't have streaming services and stuff back then, right? So now, so now yeah. watch this. I can go on my Spotify or whatever, hit an artist, let's say Migos, and the Spotify is going to list a bunch of other artists that are similar to Migos. Like the, like the, the click of a button, I opened up my world to this musical library. So... If I click Mary J. Blige, then I get, you know, Faith Evans. I get Angie Stone. I get, you know what I mean? But but if I hit yeah. NBA Youngboy, I'm getting Dirk. I'm getting Kodak Black. I'm getting all that. 
Mm. Back in our back in the day, we had to go to the store and buy that one album we could afford for sixteen bucks. Right <laughs> before they turned it to twenty one dollars, you know what I'm saying? Or or you went to the bootleg man and got it for five, but you was paying for it. Uh-huh. You feel me? So the, it, 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 it's absolutely yeah. more influential because music was always influential, but it wasn't always accessible. The radio was playing the same songs all the time back then. Now nobody even listens to the radio. There's all streaming. This is YouTube. I know. I never thought about it that way because it's, it's just like with social media. Uh, when you when you read, say you read a Fox News article, you're going to get like 36 uh, more options in the same the same, same algorithm. You know, so whatever you search for, they're going to show you a lot more of it. I never thought about it that way when it comes to the yeah, it's, it's bruh, I love R&B music. I'll select uh, Music Soul Child, and then they're going to tell me, you know, Bilal. You know what I mean? Uh, Xavier, mm-hmm. Omar, these boys and all that. It's going to give mm-hmm. me that. And so I can stay in pocket. So if I, if I want to hear Neo Soul and, and and love music, it's going to keep me in pocket. Well, if you're a young boy or some of these older people too, and you listening to a lot of that drug culture music, well, they got a whole plethora of it for you. And it's all right there at your fingertips. So the music, listen, man, but you know, there's a movie I watched maybe, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was like from the 1930s, 19, no, 1940s. It was a uh, Nat King Cole and it's black and white, obviously, but um, Nat King in the movie, Nat King Cole's father is a pastor and Nat is singing songs like unforgettable, like in the movie, like, and the father's like, if you don't get out of here with that devil music, right? <laughs> and I'm watching it like devil music. He's also over there. I ain't no devil music. But now hindsight being 2020 is just how how did we move forward, right? In music, we became so you know two live crew comes out in the 80s and they getting banned and all that stuff. And they were they fought for the freedom of expression, which I do believe in. So I'm not saying no, you know, you can't do it. But then you get NWA. Right, NWA was created to counter Public Enemy, who's more conscious. Right, then I remember Heavy D. He followed up trying to be like NWA, where he wore all black. I forget the name of the song, but he came out in the alleyway and all. I'm like, what is this? MC MC Hammer went from "That's Why We Pray," pray. That's why we pray. And he did. He did what? <laughs> pumps in the bump. Pumps in the bump. That's why we need with the girl. And so there's nothing wrong with some fun music from time to time and all that. But you can see the progression. Mm-hmm. Like, even the R&B music now is, like, profane sexuality. It's not, like, good sex. It's not... <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's no more innuendo. Now they're telling you it's basically audio porn. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's R&B. And it's like, was that necessary to have to do that? Was it necessary to have to go there with the music? Like, was... Does more profanity mean progression in music? You know, uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen the interview with Leo Cohen on Breakfast Club where they say, right? Yes. And they asked him, but you say you don't support <laughs> yeah. the drug culture, but you keep signing artists that promote the drug culture. And that man looked right at him and said, what? Right. I got to feed my family. And look, and look, and look, he was straight up. He said, listen, I'm trying yeah. to get this money. So think, <laughs> think about that. That's So does it, does it, uh, influence a lot more, yes, and they know it. 
they asked them right there. They say you don't mm-hmm. you say you say you don't believe in the drug culture. You say it's a problem in these communities, but you keep signing these artists. And his answer was, "I got to feed my family." Come on. And they're getting them on these multi-million dollar life insurance yep. uh, policies so that they know when they get killed, they still Absolutely. make their money. Absolutely. Mm, that's craziness, man. That is craziness yeah. out here. For the, um, so one of the best ways uh, to help the kids is to give them mm-hmm. opportunities. And I know that with your nonprofit, um, My Life Matters, um, you have You've done numerous things uh, to help give opportunities uh, 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 to young black folks all around Western Maryland. Um, now, I think that's how I first heard of you was when you were doing that T-shirt campaign, the Because My Life Matters T-shirt campaign. So tell me how that got started. Cause that's basically how I think, how, how I think a lot of people got to know you early yeah, on. Yeah, that was when the George Floyd thing happened, bro. I don't think any of us really knew how much it was weighing on us until they read that verdict. And I remember I fell to the floor in tears when they read the verdict, right? So that was another situation where I was driven by pain. Um, and I saw so many people saying Black Lives Matter and, and there was people saying, yeah, right. And so I came up with this because my life matters. So if anybody was to ask, why are we protesting? Why are we yelling? Why are we demanding justice and the answer is because my life matters so i had a couple of slick people obviously try to get shirts for their own uh we call it nefarious reasons <laughs> um but i peep game <laughs> you feel me um and i want it was my you know I, I did that that wasn't even a non-profit when i started that i just wanted to do something you know um and once, once again, it goes back to you impacting the world, however you're going to impact the world. You know, whether you got 100 people, whether you got 10, whether you got five, you know, we sold 300 of those T-shirts, right? So it was like, bet, you know, and that let me know that I had no experience promoting T-shirts or no brand and nothing like that. But that lets me know how easy it is to take advantage of people's emotions as well, Right. So I had this little campaign called Because My Life Matters, and we were able to do what we did with that campaign. Well, imagine all these other organizations that popped up and abused the system and took advantage of people, you know, and walked away with millions and no impact, you know, millions off of slogan and no impact. I wasn't with that at all, you know, and you 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 grew up in, in, in a tight environment, so you know there's a lot of people that came around with promises and then they disappeared. If you're not, if you're not from that, you don't really understand the liability that come with that. In other words, I never wanted it on my name that I wasn't going to get it done. I did um, like 300 t-shirts, you know what I mean? Um, And that moment I realized how easy it was to manipulate uh, people when emotions are high. And then I wanted to be extremely careful not to be a manipulator in that regard. We, we've seen organizations pop up, especially around the George Floyd situation. Thousands of organizations popped up, bro. You know, um, and so, and a lot of them exploited what was going on and walked away with bags and bags yeah. and bags of money, man. Like, um, and I grew up in an environment, you grew up in environments where people came through with all the promises, right? 
um, we going to fix this community. We going to do this. We going to do that. And then we looked up and it was gone and nothing was done. And so I never wanted to be like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it's a huge burden. It's a huge burden because once you've, once you realize that you've tapped into people's emotional thing, you know, and you have the ability to persuade, follow me, you have to be extremely careful not to take, be abusive and take advantage of that. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's where a lot of these yeah. pastors get in trouble and stuff like that. Uh, anybody, any so-called leader, you know, the, the, the masjid, whoever, like anybody that's in that kind of, uh, uh, position who have people listening to them, you have to be extremely careful not to be abusive and take advantage of people. And so that's what that whole thing, man, when I created it, it was, let's do it. And the hair get this money out of my hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah because you yeah. don't, it, I'm telling you, bro, like once you tap into it, it's called moral persuasion, right? And that's what they did with all those videos back in the day, those commercials about the African kids with the flies on their faces and all that. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, that's do you remember, have you seen a little, uh, the real lately with the little African kid, he like fake crying and he start laughing? Yeah, you gotta see, oh, it's no. hilarious. Um, he, he has like the best laugh, you know, but back to it, it was just moral persuasion. And so when I got involved in all that stuff and I realized that I had the ability to touch, listen, man, you touch people to move, you touch people to hate, you touch people to love, you know what I mean? Like once you are in that realm and you figure something out emotionally with people, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a very frustrating thing as well so that's what that whole thing was about because my life matters it was just about letting people know that their life mattered and we're gonna go ahead and do this uh but i created the nonprofit earn which stood for expect amazing results now because i wanted to make sure that i was doing stuff in the moment yeah yeah i think what you said i like what you said when you said um when you get that when you're touching people and you're getting that trust, trust in the community is very, it's very shaky. And once you break it, they're not going to trust you. And they're going to, they're not going to trust the next person that really may have good intentions, but because of what you did, they're not going to trust them. Yeah. There you go. Trust is a luxury, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It It really really is. It's like somebody going to give you their money because you talking this talk. Somebody going to come out and support you. Somebody going to share what you're saying. Cause you, you know, all these things. And you got to be a nut to, to take advantage of that, man, because it takes so much for, think about it. Uh, a 50-year-old woman, it ain't the first time she's been lied to, right? So what's different about right. you, bro? What's different about you, sis? Because these... The, you know, you're 30 years old, you're 40 years old. It ain't the first time that somebody tried to pull the game on you. So, unfortunately, after the George Floyd thing, a lot of people took advantage of stuff like white guilt, uh, fragility, um, black people being, you know, rightfully upset. All, listen, you heard the uh, Tamir Rice mom and uh, Mike Brown mom come out. We ain't be getting nothing from these organizations, what they said. You see what I'm saying? 
Mm, but they, but, but they yeah, using yeah. our sons' names. You know, that's crazy. But other organizations who have nothing to do with that cause, when you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, they raised ninety million dollars and thirty-three million dollars went to uh, LGBTQ organizations. But you, but you raise that mm. money on the backs of the uh, of of Black Lives Mattering and the emotions that was involved in that very moment. You feel me? So, yeah. And, and the, the funds got hijacked. hijacked. And so, I, you know, I don't have anything against uh, the LGBTQ community. I'm saying that those those specific dollars was raised for reforms in the justice system. And it went right. elsewhere. And so that's the kind of nonsense that happens. And I just didn't want to be a part of that. So I just wanted to do things. And no matter no matter how big, no matter how small, I just wanted to do things and be impactful and do it right away. I love it, man. Well, you're doing a great job at it. Like, uh, for instance, with the very first Black Economic mm-hmm. Empowerment Summit that was in 2022, that, like... If you just think about the packed ballroom at the Maryland Theater, uh, with 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 all those people, like who would have thought? Like I'm I'm pretty sure when you started talking about it, people thought you were crazy. They probably said, you know, black people is not gonna come out for that. Uh, You know, there's no market for it. But then you walk into that full room and you're like, don't ever tell me nothing again. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's with everything in life, bro. There's a there's mm-hmm. a audience. There's a target audience for anything you want to do. You just got to know how to reach them. It, it, it's just like driving down the road. Remember that car, uh, the Pontiac Azteca? <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> terrible joint, man. That joint was terrible. No, you probably had one of them joints, didn't you? One of the ugliest <laughs> cars in the world. And people was driving them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, <laughs> my boy had man, one of them joints. Pencil, I used to roast him. Neon. You know, these cars were the Plymouth <laughs> Cyrus or what it was called. People drove these cars, man. There was an audience for it. Uh, There's certain TV shows and programming that come on. I remember when Jersey Shore came out in the Italian community, like, we don't want to see that on TV. We don't want no parts of it. They misrepresented us. But there was a whole audience who wanted to see it. And it went on for several years. You know, uh, we <laughs> basketball, basketball. Yeah. And they have reunion shows. shows, all that basketball wise. Why y'all watching this trash? Why y'all watching this housewives of Atlanta trash? All this trash. Millions of people watch it every freaking week. You know what I'm saying? So there's an audience for everything. Yeah. There's an audience for everything. Now your audience may be small. Your audience may be big. For instance, you see what I, you, you see what we did with the, uh, the summit. Well, them boys from Iron Leisure, they got a whole thing. They doing all around the world called InvestFest. You, you feel me? And so they're all, but yeah. now they, they include maybe a celebrity. You know what I mean? They might be able to bring Diddy out or somebody like that. But they're traveling the world. These two brothers who started out with their little podcast or their little YouTube station. And now they have a whole production company where they put another people out via YouTube. And now they're traveling the world with this whole thing called InvestFest. And it's a panel discussion that these brothers have created and they sell out everywhere. Right? Now, that's their that's their nut. Whatever mine is, what mine is. You see what I'm saying? It's 
if, if, if God blesses me with 300 people in the building, I'll take it. You know, if them brothers get 3,000, I can't look at them and be like, man, I got to get that 3,000. You see what I'm saying? Would it be nice? Absolutely. But that's yeah. not where I'm at with it right now. And a lot of times we look at people and we see that success, and we didn't, and, but we didn't see the grind. We didn't see the process. So now we're like, oh, I got to get my number. I got to get my number right. to that. And you ain't nowhere close to the sacrifice yet. So, yeah, I don't listen, man. If you have a brilliant idea, most people don't know what the hell you talk about. So you got to go with it. And I tell people, if you want people to help, if you want people to connect, you got to start. You know what I'm saying? And once you start, then God going to put all the right people in place that's going to help you see the thing through. But mm. you got to start. Every t everything yeah. that I've done, bro, it was all foreign to me. I ain't doing festivals and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it, all that stuff was foreign to me. I'm an introvert, a super introvert. You feel me? But when I got started, yeah. all right, real quick, I almost lost $17,000 at the Life Jennings concert. Two weeks out mm. from the concert, I sat in the office and I figured that joint out. You see what I'm saying? But two weeks be like two weeks mm -hmm. before the concert, bruh, I was about to pack my bags. Yeah. You're sweating, I, huh? I was <laughs> You're sweating. Yo, I ain't go for it. I was like, <laughs> how in this nut ass place? They ain't never had nobody like oh, I'm I'm like mad cause cause it, it, what happens is you think well, they never had this, so this is going to be something new. So they're going to instantly get on board. And what you find out is that there's a ceiling, right? So there's only about, what, 7,000 people that's black in Hagerstown. Well, some of them had to work that night. Some of them were sick that night. Some of them don't like life unions. Some of them ain't old enough. Uh, some of them have other plans. You see what I'm saying? So your number is dwindling and dwindling. Yeah. And so I just sat in my office, man, like almost 24 hours and figured out my marketing campaign. And I started hitting Baltimore, Harrisburg, DC, fixed my keywords, boom. And then it, from that point on, it was 50 tickets a day, 50 tickets a day, 50 tickets a day. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It just clicked. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so sometimes it, it, it just takes one adjustment. Yeah, everything is, works. Or if it don't, you're gonna get your ass bust. So it was no, you, you got you got <laughs> two options. You either gonna worry or work. You feel me? And I just said, I, right. I just sat oh, in the office for twenty like, like twenty four hours, bro, until I could figure that out because that was that. I listen, I wasn't gonna be at the concert if only two hundred people was in the building, bro. And then and uh, he was already getting paid. He's uh, gonna be out there. He's gonna be out there. You said you you you're gonna be yeah, out there on Uber yeah. rides, bro. Because I wasn't gonna be able to sit there and watch that dude up on there singing and people singing along, and I'm down sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars. No way. <laughs> I would have lost. Yeah. Yeah. No be way. Salty. <laughs> Well, listen, man, um, we have a lot more to talk about, but, uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a break. Um, and, uh, but one more thing before you go. So like, what's next? Because I know you always got something up your sleeve. What's next? Uh, what's next is 
event-wise, a boat party on August 5th, on August 5th, uh, connect, connecting and cruising. Got a little comedy going to be on there, a little cigars and all that kind of stuff. Uh, shout out to one of my favorite companies, Kelgar, for sponsoring again for another event. About to start promoting that um, in the coming week or so. Uh, and then before that, it's not as an actual thing, uh, but I was really triggered um, driving through Jonathan Street last week. And I saw people out there on that dope, man. And so over the next however many weeks or so, I'm just trying to make sure that when I, I've been talking to like the Western Maryland, what's it called? Consortium. Um, Cause listen, man, it's right. all these programs available, things that can elevate people's lives and they don't even know it, bro. You, you know, and in the, in the, in the, in the addiction space, I have an uncle who dealt with that stuff for years, but in the addiction space, it t- you know, a lot of times people are previous addicts and they help others by showing them that they can overcome. Right. But I'm coming from the space of, I ain't never been on that. And I still believe in you dudes. I still believe in these girls to, yo, let's see if we can change the, uh, uh, the path of your life, you know, because you see that I told you my uncle cared about me. You see what I'm saying? So, and, and I'm, bro, I've done yeah. it. When I had, when I wrote my first book, Hustling on the Wrong Block, I, I knew them brothers wasn't going on Amazon and ordering no books. So I used to go to the corners, go to the barbershops, sit down with them. And I never had a problem. They all were like, what's going on, bro? Yo, this is dope, man. You came through like that. I never had a problem. Black men, especially, they love when another black man come out of nowhere and can sit down with them and listen and have a great conversation and give them some game. We we love that. You see what I'm saying? And, and the problem is people are so scared. You know this, yeah. man, in the drug space, in the addict space, right now, white women get all the attention because they're the easiest to deal with, with these houses and stuff like that. You know, these recovery centers and all that. White women get all the attention. And it's not, uh, um, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm saying that black men can be intimidating sober or when we messed up on the stuff right we're intimidating the people so and because of that intimidation they get they get left behind they get left behind so that's 100 facts so i'm sitting here going facts i can't keep on watching my brothers looking like this man i i my my office building i get to look out the window and i'm seeing it so that's something that i'm working on man you know uh, I love the fancy stuff. You know, I love having a good time. Um, you know, I just took care of, um, she's not a kid, but she's an adult. Just took care of her real estate stuff for her, um, uh, real estate courses and all that stuff. Um, I, I'm really, I, I want to go, I want to test my limits and see who and how many, uh, you know, I can help in that area without using them as a prop, without using them as a, uh, you know, a part of my movie, I just want to go down there and inspire, man. You know what I mean? And and change lives. So got a couple of yeah. events that I'm looking forward to, obviously. But the main thing is I wanna I wanna I wanna test my mantle and really just impact the lives of these young men and these women. Some of them some of them probably my age, bro. But I just believe that we can't let go. I believe that the light gotta shine, man. You know, the dark darkness is running rampant with the drugs, with the violence, with everything. The darkness is really harming a lot of communities. 
harming our communities, especially harming a lot of our people, especially. And we can't continue to turn a blind a blind eye to it. I'm not saying you got to be Superman or be some kind of superhero, but I think we would be amazed to sit down with some folk and hear what they're going through and how they started going through whatever they're going through, and then try to connect the dots and and resources for them. You know, and if I'm talk, I always tell people if I walk up on ten brothers on the corner, six of them don't want to be there. You see what I'm saying? Now, two two of them might be real street dudes. They really about that life. They ain't gonna tell them nothing. The other two from the four, they gonna watch what happened with the other six. And if something good come from it, here they come. You know, and this is what they keep on talking about with this kid, John Morant. Dude, there's dudes that would love to be in your position and you acting like them. Yeah, you want to go back to where right. they are. So that's my thing. Want. I believe that if I if I find if I'm genuine about it and if I really find that cause and that purpose to really approach these people, that I'm gonna change some lives. So that's my thing, man. Uh, but yeah, the boat party that's gonna be something fly, sexy. Uh, that that's gonna be happening as well. Well, well, I love it, man. Well, if we wanted to find out more about what you're doing and what you're up to and uh, uh, how we can get involved. Now, you know, I don't be doing all Where that data capture stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Kareem Johnson. <laughs> like, uh, that, 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 that's a serious weakness of mine. Uh, it, it's capturing the information and then being able to redistribute it and do it, use it all over again. So I know that about myself. But uh, if you want to find me, it is Kareem Johnson on Facebook. I'll be there talking some trash, maybe or whatever I might be doing. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I got. I got <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I gotta find. I gotta. Find, I gotta most definitely get better at all my my backlinks and all that stuff, man. Uh, well, it's all good, homie. Listen, you're out here doing yes, good. And that's all that matters. So, uh, thanks for coming by, my brother. I appreciate you. I love you, and uh, we're definitely gonna have you back on. Yeah, one love, man. Good job. Great podcast. Love the title of it. And uh, you know, keep on doing your thing. Keep on imagining the best world you could possibly imagine, and then just go after it, homie. I love it, man. All right, folks. Until next time, it's your man Chad signing off here on Life, Love, and Hustle. See ya. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty, and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way.